Justin James. Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. So we met when I auditioned for a movie of yours. I believe that's how that we met, correct. right? Yeah. Which, that is correct on um Truth Seeker. Yes. That that was that was awesome. That was fun. Definitely a new experience for me. Yeah, um I know you got took took a couple bumps there too um <laughs> during the fight scenes. I remember the the whole your whole arm was pretty red. I'm like, uh but you was a trooper, man. You you kind of took a couple blows there, but uh, you was a trooper through it. Oh, it was all fun. That's that that pain. That's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you was a champ through it. I, I didn't intend for you to take those blows like that, but you kind of roll with it. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I remember you saying, you know, I just bring it on. I mean, if it makes it look real. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Anything for, you know, to make it look as best as possible. Yeah. And yeah, but we had an awesome time out there. Oh, yeah. Loads of fun. And that movie was, uh, that movie had uh, some philosophy behind it. Yeah, um, very personal, very personal movie for me um, because I was around my phase where I was really questioning everything. So um, I was real, real Neo from the Matrix back then. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wanted to know what the Matrix was and, and who was behind it. But I'm uh, speaking for our own life, you know, um, I wanted to write something and have fun with it and um, just have something where characters kind of question their reality. And uh, I wanted to come up with a, a little world that those characters were in and they started to question everything and uh, kind of ran with it and um, just made up some interesting dialogue. I didn't want to do too, too much, but just some interesting dialogue to kind of make viewers, you know, question things, kind of thought provoking. That's what I'm aiming for. Right. Yeah. You had this question and just try to answer it through mm -hmm. entertainment which is that's what I love doing like that's why write anything if you don't have a question right so uh, what would you say your state of mind was then versus now my state of mind versus now good question um back then I was like more raw in it I, I, I had a lot of anger in me um as well okay because as you know we we have a lot of questions about existence you know why we exist why does the world exist i say i have anger in me back then because as you know we there's no answers for, for those questions really right and that really frustrated me and i and i looked at the way of the world as well as my personal struggles around that time and i had a lot of anger in me and um, versus now, now I'm more accepting of everything and I just kind of go along with the flow of life and its absurdity and I kind of laugh at it now, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's such a, I don't even know a word to describe the existence, but um, I just, I'm at more ease and um, accepting of, of what is. So back then it was anger, now it's acceptance and ease. Right, right. Um, How what, what's how old were you then? Oh man, that was uh, what 2016. I was 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was 25 at the time. Right, right. And 
I'm I'm 31, and my uh, I call it a sacred journey, very much like the native Native Americans. They, you know, kind of like you have to find your own path kind of deal, and they, uh, well, they smoked a lot of you know peyote and stuff like that, but they had visions, and they want when they can't come back, they know what they what their purpose in life their life is so i went on my own kind of sacred journey and that was at age 27 and i was kind of like same same thing like i don't know like what's going on like i don't know what's going on in my life in my personal world and and like trying to find an answer for that question when you answer a question, you're going to follow up with another question, just like a, you know, a three-year-old, like, why? Right. Like, why, why does this work like that? Well, why does, okay, so, like, they just keep asking questions. And that's, that's what's, what's happening, and all of a sudden I'm asking just questions I never even know I could even think of. Like, like how you said questioning existence. I feel like a lot of people don't, even think about that they're they're thinking about like what am i gonna have for dinner tonight right and uh i have this conversation with 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 people and some people are scared to think about it and it freaks their mind out it really does yeah and you know what i've learned i've seen that that's why so many people cling to the religions mm-hmm. I've noticed is because those religions kind of paint a picture for you they kind of tell you who the creator is and what his purposes are and it tells you what happens after you leave this place and whatnot it kind of tells you everything it does the thinking for you and when you grow up with that you know you you cling to that that's how you kind of cope with reality because yes. when I've had conversations with people and I've challenged that religion, which is something I don't do anymore. Um, when I used to challenge people's religion in conversation, I would notice that clinging to it. And they didn't want to ask questions. Like you said, they don't want right. to terrify to ask the question because when you come to that realization, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't know. You mean tell me I'm walking around this existence and I've been born here for X amount of years and I don't know what it is. I don't know anything. I can't explain anything. Oh shit. I'm terrified. I've dealt with that terrified feeling. And mm. that's why I stopped challenging people's religion to them. And I respect it. I say, you know what, if, if that's how they cope with reality, I'm not going to take that from them because I know what it feels like to not have anything to replace it once it's gone. Once it's gone, it's gone. You, once you, and you probably noticed from your experiences that once you ask, answer, I mean, ask certain questions and once you change your perception of reality, there's really no turning back sometimes. So. Right, it's you know, scary. If you don't have anything to cope with that, it's scary. Yeah, there's a, a quote on uh, the show Vikings uh, from uh, what's his name, King uh, Eckbert, mate, perhaps I, I believe his name is, and uh, he says, "With knowledge comes pain." So mm-hmm. the more questions you ask, and the more things you figure out how what's going on in the world and why it's going on it's like you're taking all of that load onto you so like mm-hmm. you said going with the flow so basically 
being like like a tree, perhaps, letting the wind flow through you. You're not sucking in the wind and keeping it, so you're letting all this load from all over the world just flow through you. So, like, that way, pain is, like, like existence, because, like, existence isn't living, it's just being here is what I've realized. Yeah. So learning how to live is like how you can avoid so much pain and suffering. So like people, it really is. Yeah, because people are consumed by the news and they they're taking that in. They they don't know what to do, and then all of a sudden, like they just they're always depressed. Yeah, because yeah, they know there's nothing they can do about it. No, it's depressing. It's one thing to have problems and you can see a solution, but when there's problems every single day on levels that you can't reach, yeah, it's very depressing because you, you feel like such a sitting duck. You're like, wow, I feel like I'm vulnerable to anything, you know, any collapse in the world, you know, all our lives are pretty vulnerable to it, you know, so that, that's high levels of depression and stress every day. Yeah, and if you're scared with all that, then you're not going to pursue things because you're so scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's every day, man. That's like... If I'm going to work and I'm talking to people and they're bringing up stuff on the news all the time, it's like, why is your mind on that all the time? Like, yes, like we do need to be aware because if we weren't, like, that's how Darwinism works. Like, if we weren't aware that fire's hot, then we wouldn't know that it would burn us. So, like, we kind of have to be aware right. of our surroundings because with technology rising and more people on the earth, it's like new things are going to happen. So we have to do have to be aware, but don't be consumed. Don't like, don't be afraid. To hunt. Don't be afraid to hunt because there's tigers out there. Saber tooth tigers. You need to survive. So it's kind of like that. Exactly. And you said a mouthful and you say, you know, so many people are so consumed with these things that they don't even want to pursue life. Mm -hmm. And I think, so that, that makes you think, you know, a lot more people are, uh, and, and forgive me if I pronounce the word wrong, but a lot, a lot more people within society are a lot nihilistic mm -hmm. more than, and they probably don't even know it. Right. You know, because if I'm, they you know that is a borderline, you know, nihilism, that's, that's saying that there's no point to anything. Right. There's absolutely no point. Why should I pursue anything in life when there's no point? Uh, mm -hmm. We could go be in World War Three tomorrow, so there's no point to pursue anything in life. We're going to die. A lot of people are nihilistic and maybe don't know it. Some oh, of yeah. them do, and some of them actually live that as a lifestyle, but I think it's something I've dealt with before. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the things that kept me angry before was, you know, that feeling of nothing matters. I mean, after all, we all are going to die one day. We won't here that alone could just make you feel like that because it's like wait a minute i'm not going to be here for long as a matter of fact i don't even know how long i'm going to be here why should i pursue anything mm -hmm. and that that's that that's that question well why should i you know that that kind of goes into what existentialism is you know because it is nothing i love existentialism because it it puts you in the driver's seat to define life yourself, not anybody else, not anything else, but you from your own existence, your own life, you can define what this reality means to you. 
and why you continue to live each day and why you should give an effort to do the things you want to do. You define it. It's a lot of responsibility, though. <laughs> yeah. But um, so liberating when you when you think of it like that. Right. And there's so many ways to look at it, too. Like, it's not just, like, this defined, like, uh, philosophy. Like, there's different ways to look at it, in my opinion. And my in my opinion, I feel like you cannot change, like, your circumstances. You cannot change... Uh, what's the uncontrollable you cannot control the uncontrollable you like this what's happening in life there's it's just a force you cannot control but what you can Mm -hmm. control is your perspective your attitude you Mm -hmm. can step outside the bubble and look at it from the outside of the bubble instead of being in the bubble and by doing this it changes everything like scientifically like neurologically in your body like you are defining new neural pathways you're unwinding your dna and rewinding it back like this has been proven by meditation by prayer anything like that that kind of state it's the surrender the state of surrender Surrendering that I cannot control the uncontrollable. So, absolutely. When you're doing this now, you see you have a new lens on life, and it's refreshing. This is how you get out of nihilism, because nihilism is very like a pessimist kind of way of life. So I agree. It's it's is a good feeling like it feels whole i that's how i feel uh, and i i think you feel whole because you connected it within yes you know and that with that connection within that we hear about through so many different sects of um of spirituality and through so much religion it all points to to people going within uh, especially with the, like the huge thing with mindfulness now and yeah you know you used to uh, spend countless times researching and um actually even at work teaching mindfulness mm-hmm. and it's all pointing to going within and, and it's kind of trippy because you look into the physical world and the, the sky the clouds trees building cars people animals, all this stuff, like this, this vast physical reality that's around us. And you, <clears throat> the main point of it is to connect to the thing within that you can't see. Yes. Like that's the craziest part about it. But we see what happens when we try to go outside and when we live outside and when we try to, like you say, uh, control things that are uncontrollable, we can't mm-hmm. control life. We can't control um, and when we put all of our life into, you know, uh, material things and money and fame and, you know, whatever thing in a physical reality that we, we put our lives into, none of that matters. It all fades away. It can all be taken away. It all goes away. But whatever this consciousness within us is, that that's always trying to get our attention one way or another. 
you know, the part of us that we can't see, you know, is, and it's so mysterious to us, you know, it's so much things that point us to go within, you know, and then, but we're, I mean, how can you deny the physical reality? After all, you wake up to it every single day. So it's like, right. It's, it's a bit confusing. It's like, wait a minute, ain't I supposed to, aren't I supposed to put everything here? I'm here in the world, but it's, yeah, it's something mysterious, uh, this consciousness thing that's really uh, trying to pull us in, you know? So when we're, you know, practicing mindfulness or meditation and we're, like you say, uh, rewiring our, our very makeup, you know, all by going within, you know, I think we're on to something. I think a lot of people are on to something right now. I think, um, a lot of people have gotten kind of bored with a lot of things in physical reality to say it's all the same things, you know, work, school, uh, family, friends, it's all the same thing. I think um, as a species, I think as a, as a whole, I think we're looking for something more. I think we're starting to look for something more now. Right, because we've, for centuries probably, a long, 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 long time, like Buddhists and like Hinduism and religions like that they have been doing this in their own way but they have they have done this already what we're doing now but now it's as a species we're starting to go huh we're starting to to tease that idea that like of what they did so now we're looking at with like looking within instead of out there mm-hmm as a species. I think we, we, yeah, you know, and, and it's so challenging now, you know, too, with, with um, technology and, and yeah. these cell phones nowadays. It, it's, it's so challenging because these, these iPhones and smartphones have become a part of our life. You know, they're a part of our everyday life now. It's not just a thing to have. It's an actual part of life now. And it's something there, you know, you got the internet in your pocket. So there's a constantly something to distract from, you know, I mean, a lot of us, we do it myself included, you know, uh, there's days I caught myself, you know, waking up. First thing I do is grab my phone, yeah. you know, and so I start reading, <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of deterred me away from that and starting my day like that. But, um, with, with the entertainment industry as big as ever, you know, the celebrity culture, sports, you know, there's there's no lack of distraction to go within, you know, but yet like like many people are realizing, you know, as connected as we are through the Internet and phones and as all this technology is helping us, we're seemingly losing something. We're, we're losing an interconnection. We're losing a part of ourselves to this technology. And I think that's one thing that's making people look within more because they can feel that right. they can feel it when they go out to dinner and they see people at the tables around them they see tables full of people who everybody's on their phone yeah. you know they oh, see man, it when see nowadays it. <laughs> it's terrible you know and they see it when they realize like wow wait a minute i have to compete with cell phones for people's attention now you know when you're in a mere conversation with somebody and they check their phone or something and you dogs on you like man we're losing ourselves i have to compete with a cell phone yeah you know to hold a conversation with the people around me you know and you can see it, you know, and it's like we're losing ourselves, and I think it's freaking some people out, you know. It's like a wake-up call in a lot of ways. Yes. Have, like, that's one end. Like, there's also the opposite, too. Like, you've heard of the the uh, Vitruvian man, the, Le the Leonardo da Vinci guy 
and there's like two guys and they're one kind of deal has like four arms and four legs I have heard that one okay um well basically it's like uh it's kind of it, 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 it's like uh, kind of like a uh, a definition of who we are so with our phones I'm hearing that the new Vitruvian man will have a phone like because a phone is an extension of our of our consciousness okay so when you're getting on Facebook when you're getting on Google YouTube anything you're look. You're getting on it from your perspective. It's the exact consciousness of your inner being. It is not an wow. av- avatar. It is you. It, you. Your consciousness is in the web. So, however wow. you look within is how you look at the internet. So, if you changed your life and you're you're looking at the present, the stillness, the emptiness between words, between thought, and having different perspectives on life and really enjoying the now and and letting the negativity flow through you, then you're going to look at the internet that way. You're going to see, I, I scroll past new stuff, like, if I see something like a mass shooting or if I see uh, just accidents, people dying, anything like that, or like uh, the president or politics, anything, I scroll right by it because I don't want anything to do with that because I know that that's going to bring negative energy to me. So I use the Internet from my perspective to grow, to learn. Yes, I do like to humor the ego and I like to veg out and laugh and, you know, mind-numbing stuff, but, like, we all get distracted. We all need some just, you know, that kind of time. But mainly, yeah, yeah. mainly I want to I wanna learn. And what are, most people are the opposite. They, they want to look at memes all day. They want to forget about the world, so they go into the virtual world where they don't know themselves in there either. You know what? My mind's kind of blown right now with <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, the uh, consciousness in the web and the internet thing that you just explained, and I thought about it, and it's like like how you say you... you search the web from your perspective and you're, I've never looked at it that way. Right. Um, that was pretty incredible. I, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, man. It's technology moves so fast. It's like one year equals 30 years. So like all this, we're just not ready, but it's here. So we have to do something about it. It's here, and it is a part, and it is it is, it is life, and it's only growing. Like you said, one year, it's only growing. You know, now virtual reality is becoming a more big thing. VR, headset, VR is really popular thing is becoming in, and 
it's a part of life. Um, interesting to say we're not ready. And, um, you know, I can agree with that. You know, it's, it's so powerful, you know, how could we be? Right. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, you gotta, gotta try to get on the train. I, I used to, you know, be upset about the, the technology thing, you know, but I find myself, that's one thing I'm, another thing I'm accepting. We talked about acceptance earlier and that's another right. thing I've learned to accept that, that, that that's just a part of life now, you know, with, with people so pull to these cell phones and they're, you know, when you go somewhere, if they're not on their phones at the table, the phone's on the table, you know, which like uh, I have read something online one time and that's like, it says when, it, when you're in a table full of people and, and people have their phones on their tables, and even if they're not on it, if it's just sitting on the table, you know, that sends a subconscious message to the other people that says, you know, this phone is a little bit more important than you guys, Oh yeah. you know, and when you think about it, you know, that does, when you consciously think about it, you're like, you know what, that does kind of feel like that, you know, because mm-hmm. if it's the ring, if it's to make noise, no matter if we're in conversation, they're going to look at it, you know, and you lose that bit of their, you know, attention to through that. Um, but things like that used to anger me, kind of used to get under my skin, you know, but now it's just another thing I'm accepting and as a part of life, you know, it is just, you know, it's like um, people our age and older, you know, talk a lot about kids, you know, and they say, oh, they, all they do is be on their phones. That's all they do. And it's like, if we were kids back, if we were kids now, we would be doing the same thing. Yep. You yep. know, that's just, they can't help that. This is the time that they were born and they're going to do with this is the time, you know, so it's just nobody to really blame and it's not going anywhere. So you just want to, I'm so interested to see like what the next 10 years are going to be. Like, what is it going to be like in 10 years? Well, you know, I'm so interested to see that, <laughs> you know, I'm seeing AI is going to be super close around then. So almost like a super intelligence is what I'm seeing. Like more Sophia, not what you said. Yeah, more. Well, that that's the uh, she's more the human noid one, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the British one. Mm-hmm. She actually has um, uh, citizenship in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. And Sophia's been around for a little bit, too. Okay, I didn't know she had been around. I thought she, you know, but yeah, she's here. It's another one, too. I think his name is Hal or something like that, but it's a male one, too. Yeah. Uh, Those are more, like, the only reason they're humanoids, like, is because the public is going to be more accepting because they kind of, they look like humans. But I, I want more of the software of of the actual design. So like if we do have super intelligence, it's going to solve a lot of things that we can't solve because we have emotions. Right. So it will help a lot in like politics, you know, things that it can run through its system like millions and millions of times and have outcomes and like it will help guide us in the right direction. And that, you know, that that's, and it raises the question. One question I've asked myself, you know, with government and with uh, law enforcement, one, one question I've asked, I said, are humans capable of governing themselves? 
you know, and what it would, and I, you know, just as a filmmaker, I'm always thinking of premises in my mind, you know. So right. of course, I, I ran the idea through my mind of like um, humanity being governed and policed by like uh, 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 artificial intelligence. You know, so like how you raise it and you say, well, if they're in politics, they don't have the emotions and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it makes it kind of interesting if, if, um, AI was governing, governing us, but that's also kind of freaky too. <laughs> but you know, it's, but, um, it's the same thing as the internet. It's internet 2.0. It is an mm-hmm. AI is us. It's an extension of our consciousness. So it's, a, it's going to change our perspective for the better perspectives that we cannot even know so like something you wouldn't know that you can't possibly know is the fourth dimension so it's something like that it's going to give us a perspective that's gonna open our eyes to like whoa like i'd even see it that way and this is going to improve humanity okay that's how i see it man i love it you know, that's like I said, and that could be a, a definitely a way it goes. You know, that's why I'm so interested to kind of just be an observer here and, and see how these next, you know, few decades play out with that uh, AI because it is such a, like we say, it's such a part of life now and it's not going nowhere. I don't know if you saw like what they're doing with uh, the Amazon warehouses. Yeah. You know, where they're having all those uh, robots fly around the warehouse doing things. You know, I watched a news clip of that, and um, they, Amazon is saying, you know, oh, you know, but the humans are still so important, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking like, you know, maybe in a, maybe now, but maybe in a few years after you get all the kinks ran out and you get it running at the, you know, optimal rate, you know, we'll see if the humans will still be around, but um, it's, it's just moving towards that. You know, and AI is going to be in everything, you know. But if you're a sci-fi fan and you think about the Terminator and you think about the Matrix, you can go back to those films and and you can see, well, hey, this is how it kind of started. You know, it it started with (laughs) AI being in everything before it became so aware and so conscious of itself that it eventually flipped the switch itself. However, it is different between the two films. Like, um... Terminator and the Matrix. Um, I don't know if you ever see. Have you ever seen the Animatrix, the animated series of the Matrix? Yes. Okay, so you know you seen when they showed when before the war between the humans and the AI broke out, and and how it all started because of human treatment to the AI. Yeah. And yeah, they were it's treating a- them poor. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> eventually. It's. I see it. A possibility of it it's having a consciousness because super intelligence is like it's gonna be running so much simulations like trillions of s- simulations a second and AI is gonna imp- self-improve because it's running simulations and I mean we don't even technically know what consciousness actually is. So if it didn't have consciousness, it would still mimic consciousness. And by mimicking something, eventually you are that. So that's like kind of like law of attraction kind of deal. Okay. So if it runs... That's crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to repeat basically. If it runs trillions of simulations... 
by default. Oh, that's it, actually what I was about to comment on. Yeah. Yeah. So if it doesn't, it, it will. Now it repeats. So. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so by having consciousness, it's going to understand what humans, like how humans tick. And it can communicate it to us in a way that we can understand. I mean, this is the good side of it. With good, there's bad, <laughs> yeah. bad you know? So there's going to be the exact opposite. You know? And that, that's where it gets freaky. <laughs> yep, warfare will be like viruses and like all that kind of stuff. So it's still, everything's going to be there though. But we're just going to expand everything just beyond our imaginations. So one interesting note is that the um, running the trillions of um, simulation and um, that kind of makes me think of the simulation theory. Right, um, right. That, are, that, you are know, we like in, Nick Bostrom and all of them. Yeah. You are, know, are we? So it's like, are we, you know, I, and it's another question I've posed before, you know, and that is, are, what are, what are we an artificial intelligence? Right. You know, are we an AI? Right, and if even if we are, it's still the same thing. If you're in a simulation, you're still going to live by the laws of that universe. Even if you find out it is a simulation, it's like, well, I know it's a simulation, but like, from my perspective, all I know is all I know, so I'm still going to have to live my life the way it is. So I feel like even if we find out if we are a simulation, it's not going to change anything. So is that, that whole true when it says ignorance is bliss? Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Because you're, you're still in the same situation, but with you knowing that it's a simulation or whatever it is versus the person that doesn't, the person that's ignorant. Even if you know you're still in the same situation as the person that does it, and they're happier than you because, well, like you said, they're more concerned with what's happening for dinner tonight. Yeah. While you're stuck thinking, oh my God, this is a simulation, and I can't get out of it. I don't know how to get out of it, and I'm still stuck by its rules. The only thing different now is I'm aware, and now <laughs> I'm insane because I'm I'm aware, and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I tell people, like, you don't want to really know what's in my head. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine yeah. Einstein, though? Like, or Elon Musk? Like, their heads, are, their brains are just, like, always on. It's like, I bet you they wish that on no one. Like, that's why Einstein's hair was the way it was. That was <laughs> like, you know, that, that, was, that was, you know, a physical representation of his mind. It's yeah. always on and. Always going. Yeah. Dude, the dude is still proving things right. (laughs) Like with black holes and everything and his wormhole. He has a wormhole theory. We just found out black holes are real. Like we have evidence. We have video, picture, and sound. I I saw the picture of it. I saw the picture that they released on that. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah. I didn't see the video or the sound. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Yeah, if you go on a uh, NASA website, I know for a fact there's sound on there. That was first. They got the sound first. They might not have video. I could be wrong. But I do know they have that picture and they have sound because I actually used, I uh, sampled the black hole, the audio. Really? Yeah. And that's proven right. And now he has a, uh, a wormhole theory. And with a wormhole, you go in the wormhole and it's going to go to the, like, you got to find out. It goes into the future. You go to another wormhole, it goes into the past. That's the theory. So we're, getting, we're going into time travel. Yeah. So this is the way we can have, go, go across the universe quickly. Have you seen that um, news piece? Or it was on Facebook. I saw it. Um, it led to another website, though. Uh, recently, this guy that, that's claiming he's from, like, 2030. <laughs> no, I haven't. He's claiming the time traveled. Uh, I don't think they had a name for him, but uh, he claims that he time traveled. This isn't the first time somebody's done this either, but he's claimed that he's from, like, 2030. And he's here now to tell everybody what to expect in the next decade or so. And he says he can't sit in one place for too long because the government's after him or whatever. But he said by 2000, like 2028 or 2038, that that people people would have time travel capabilities. Like it would be something that we could do. Well, if we have super uh, intelligence, we could, we could, yeah. Could be a thing. Yeah, so, so he said it would be available for people to do. Uh, he said that we would have finally made contact with extraterrestrials and that we would actually be at peace with them and coexist with them. Um, he said there would be another world war. He said the world would, however, be more united um, and a couple other things to note, but the time travel thing is something he, he, he said. And I, You know, this guy could be playing around or, or whatever, you know, but, but um, just uh, on the note of the wormhole thing, I actually wasn't aware of Einstein really talking about um, those things. I know he talks about so many. Well, he yeah. talked about so many things. Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had a couple of theories on time travel. Like, it's impossible to go to the past, but to go to the future, which is already proven because astronauts are like, like 10, 20 seconds into the future when they go out in space and come back. But when you go near light speed, you go out of orbit into space, near light speed, turn around, come back, you should be well into the future. Wow. So we can go, or you can go near a black hole before it pulls you in. You hang out, come back, same thing. You should be into in far into the future. Wow. And it's just like all these theories, all these ideas, these real, these things are proven fact, you know, and, and, and all it's like, it still goes back to, you know, like, what does all this mean? You know, what, what is, what is all of this, you know? And that's, that's what I still ask myself in a more peaceful way nowadays, you know, just, all these things, what does it all mean? Why is it all here? What is this all for? What is this all leading to? You know, is there some grand 
plan for this whole thing or is, is, are we just, is it just kind of being made up as it goes and it's just going and going and going to, I don't know, maybe everything just swallowed up by a black hole yeah. and resets. Yeah. You basically, know, um, basically that's how I see. I don't think it's pre, I don't think we're predetermined. So I don't think there's a, a, uh, a blueprint. I think everything just is, and it always will be. We started as a, like a, something as small as a pinhead. Then the uh, Big Bang happened. And who knows before that? No one knows. Then uh, now we're here. And everything seems to repeat itself if you look at, at things. Like we've had the Ice Age, we've had floods, we've had history repeat itself. If you just look at, oh, like father, like son, um, just like, just if you look at things, seems to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. And things can change for sure if we change our perspective but the universe eventually could yeah self-destruct and we go right back to where we very first started and it's like a big cleanse it's like well because the earth is going to cleanse itself you know eventually yeah we're going to die before the earth I think Oh, absolutely. I believe I definitely believe that as well. So, like, think, like, the universe will take care of itself for sure. We are just a blip. So, I could just do it. Well, it's like you. Oh, what were you saying? What was that? I was saying it would just go Um, back to another Big Bang again, you know? Yeah, and it repeats all over again. Yep. So, you know. After these questions and whatnot, um, after you spend enough years doing it, it, it starts to become kind of redundant uh, because there really is no no big way to find out. Uh, I don't care if you go to the mountains and, and study for a while, or you 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 know observe city life, whatever you do, books, whatever you go through, these answers, you know, they're just not gonna. <laughs> come to you but yeah once you get the answer then after what? that yeah then what it, it exactly and then what anyways you know what would it you know maybe it's like that for our own uh our, our own greater good yeah but when you realize that you know you, you kind of have to learn how to um live again you have to live with the with the knowledge with being okay with not knowing everything oh, and yeah. get back to that kind of that that kind of childhood like way of living again where you're just like like kids i mean you like like look at your kids when they play you know and and when they play or when they're just living they're just so full of wonder they're just they don't they have questions but at the same time they're not too hung up on it you know they know how to enjoy things often say we can learn a lot from kids oh yeah they just tend to enjoy things for what they are they may want to know what it is and they want may have their little questions about it but for the most part, they just know how to be in present moment yeah. and just enjoy with whatever that they're into, whether it's a toy, whether it's a, uh, a cookie or a, uh, a cartoon, you know, or you or whoever's there. They just 
in the moment without having to know every detail of everything. And that's something I fell into. I, I had to know every detail of life and every detail of existence. And all the while, my life is passing me by. Yes. All yeah, the yeah. while, you know, I'm not doing things that I really want to do and I'm dreaming of. And yet days are going by, time is going by, and I'm sitting here, you know, asking for answers that I have to realize that I'm just not going to get, at least now, I'm not. But as of now, you know, so I had to learn how to live all over again right. and just get, and that's why I think existentialism is so powerful for me because, well, I don't need anybody or I don't need any, you know, uh, definitive answer to come down from me when, you know, we are creators, you know, that's why, you know, we have everything we have around us because, you know, humans, we are creators, you know, we are inventors, we're artists and we, we are full of so much creative potential. And, you know, I can look at life and just tap in and just appreciate the mysteriousness of it. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes it worth living when it's so mysterious and you're still here, you're survived up until this point. And now it's just, I'm just more concerned with creating. You know, I just want to get back. You know, I have I have lost my love for filmmaking before, and I'm just now starting to find it back, you know. So I've been writing a ton more and using some of these ideas that we're talking about. But um, writing more and just, you know, being at peace and, and enjoying the company of the people around me and having mm -hmm. conversations like what we're having right now and just riding this thing out. There, there's really not too much else to do. Right. I feel like we're meant to experience life, not create life. Be like when I create music or when I write or when I speak or when I think, I'm not making it. It's coming to me and I'm interpreting it. It's coming out of thin air and I am just the instrument we are instruments of the universe. Nice. So that is where you can come back around again after you kind of like killed the ego and go, you can go crazy when you kill the ego and you're like, oh, well, I'm a nihilist now because the ego is fake and consciousness is nothingness and if it's nothingness, then what's the point of all this? Everything is meaningless. Well, you come back around and we're meant to experience life. So that's why like, like drug addicts and people are chasing that, that high because it creates, they're experiencing that high. Same thing when you're in love, it's the same thing. It's, it's equivalent love that, that first stage, like that first year or whatever, that puppy dog love, yeah. that's equivalent to like getting super high on heroin. Mm -hmm. So we, that's just one emotion. Like all of these, we're just like chemical reactions. That's all we are. We're experiencing. But once you learn how to interpret and this happens throughout life, it's going to get the older we get, the more wise we get. And we're going to be able to interpret and love life because we get to experience things that we love versus being misinformed and like running around like a 
big chemical reaction. We get to like play in the lab and actually do what we want to experience. And you hear so many older people say that too. You hear, you hear a lot of older people, you know, say that one thing they learned in their older age is that a lot of things they thought was important when they were younger, they turned out to not be really important, you know, and you right. get, like you said, this experience, you know, and, 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 and love for, for things that you love and people and whatnot, but the things they thought was so important in their, in their youth, you know, they get a little older and it's just really not, it just doesn't hold out. It doesn't age well. You know, and the more simpler things are what matters. So that, that's an age-old, you know, wisdom, you know, from a lot of older people that, that share what you're talking about. You're right. I wish, like, right now I could talk to those people, the the ones that get it. The When they're – those are, like, those are people that are retired and, you know, at the later stage of life. Like, that's – like Gary V said, like if you wanna, like, if you want a reality check, go to a nursing home and talk to people in a nursing home, and they'll tell you what, like, how much they hate life because they didn't live life. They worked for a paycheck, paycheck, and that's and saved all their money, and then got ill, or have have like a dementia or anything like that or stuck in a nursing home too old to do what they want to do physically so like yeah talking to old old people is important that is one of the most heartbreaking places you can ever go to is those nursing homes um my 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 girl's dad he has dementia. He's like almost, um, <clears throat> you know, he's up in age and he, he has dementia and he's in a nursing home because he's just, you know, too much of a handful to deal with for her mom, you know, and whatnot. So I've been there with her to visit him a couple times and he's literally just there. He's yeah, literally man. just there. Like he's there, in that not there at home. the same and, time. Exactly, you know, and, and he's just, every time I've seen him, he says, I just want to get out of this place, I just want to leave this place, I just want to leave this place. And, you know, he, he's got pretty, you know, pretty hard past, you know, uh, did some time before, you know, he's a street guy. Yeah. You know, so he's in the streets a lot and whatnot. Um, his other kids don't come see him really because, you know, the kind of father he was. Right. They, you know, don't really have much of a connection with him now because of that. And, you know, he, my, my girlfriend tells me she's been out there, you know, she goes to see him like every week. And, um, he, she says he often breaks down crying, you know, because of that, you know, his other kids don't see him. He's stuck in that place. And, you know, but it's just like, you know, those, those things he did that he thought was important back then turned out not to be so important. And now he's left with, you know, that, that life that he created and I sitting somewhere in that place like that. And there's so many people like that, you know, yeah. and like you said, they work for a pay. There ain't so many uh, relationship kids, but like you said, they can go work for a paycheck and save all this money and do all the right things. And now they're, you know, 70, you know, 60 something. And like, wow, I had no experience out of life. I didn't do anything. I just did life by the book. And now where did it get me, you know, versus people that have these experiences, they may not have all the money or, 
They may not even have any retirement saved up or not a great workers, but they're living. You know, they, they're getting life and they're, they're, especially in a youth and they're able to move around. And it's like those memories, those things when you get older and you have to sit back and laugh about and talk about like, man, remember we did this, remember we did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you've won when you do get up at age and you say, man, it's been a good life. You know, I, I may not have been a perfect one. You know, I may not have this and that, but it's been a good life, man. We've done a lot of things, been a lot of places, have a lot of memories, you know, and uh, I think that's a that's a that's a good goal. You yeah. know, it's it just as a as an adult, there's so many damn things to get hung up on. Yeah. You know, bills, money, uh, school, you know, uh, savings. You know, we have so many things to do right, and and we're, we're adults. We're not nothing but big kids. You know, we all have a mm-hmm. big kid in this, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we all want to just have a good time and whatnot. But, you know, adulthood can kind of suck the life out of you. Yeah. And we have so many things to get hung up on, especially if you're a person who's questioning reality. You know, you get double the take, you know, because on top of everything that the world's throwing at you, you're wondering why the hell you're here in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you're getting double the whammy. And you're spending so much time trying to figure this thing out, and yet your life is passing by. Years are going by, you know, yeah. months and weeks and days. You know, um, I was watching the movie Blow earlier with uh, Johnny Depp, one of my favorite movies. And um, towards the end of it, um, he says, um, life often, he says, for so many people, life often passes them by. While life passes them by while they're making grand plans for it. You know, and mm-hmm. just saying, like, people are making all these big plans and coming up with all this stuff. Life is going by, and you look up one day like, what the hell? Yeah. I did all this, and for what? You know, so you got to really check, you know, and make check ourselves now, you know, to see what we're doing and, and, and how we're feeling. You know, days are so easy to pass by, you know, especially when we have a schedule. You know, when you have to be at work this time or you have to get things situated at this time, life becomes just a monotonous schedule, you know, but these days that we're so used to just passing by is time, you know, it's time in our life that we're not going to get back. You know, I'm, I'm tripping out now, you know, I'm 28 now, you know, I'll be 30 soon. (laughs) You know, I crack up, you know, saying that like, wow, man, you know, I remember being 21 or 20 or, you know, go further back. There's just teenagers, you know, not too long ago. I'm almost 30 you know, and trying to figure A, B, and C out, but really trying to catch what's important in life now. You know, yeah. I don't want to get older or 40 and be like, damn, I had an idea what I thought was right or whatnot and, and this and that, and I'm not happy or I'm not satisfied or, or whatever, but just kind of, man, going with the flow every day and being present, you know, and everyday reality present. Life is happening now, you know, yes. not not next year or next week, you know, or not when I have X amount of money saved up. Now I can live because I got financial security. Yay. You know what I mean? I mean, you turn on the news, they talking about the economy crashing now. So that's not even safe. Yeah. You know, it's just, damn, you know, whatever, whatever consciousness, conscious experience you can get, you know, but like, and you said such a golden thing earlier, you know, and you're, when you're saying how, however you make that up, not with the, not trying to control the situations, but controlling your, your perspective, mm of life and your perspective of everything, you know, um, doing that, which is something I've been practicing has been huge, you know, because it takes you off of the, the, the rat wheel or the hamster wheel, 
Yeah. You know, and you get still inside and you can, that's, everything's happening in your mind. It's crazy when you think like everything we're going through, everything that's happening, we're, we're conceiving it, we're perceiving, I'm sorry, uh, perceiving it through our minds, you know, through our, our ideas and our perceptions and the way we look at things, you know, we do it through our thoughts, you know, and our thoughts equal, you know, go into how we feel, you know, so if we can change our thoughts, if we can really get a hold of why we think the way we think, you know, and really get a hold of, you know, our thought patterns, you know, and our mind, because there's so much happening up there. And when you get control of your mind and you get control of your thoughts, you know, you really bring the power back home to yourself. And, and I think that's where life really starts to become amazing. Yes. As an adult, after you've gone through so much, if you can take that knowledge and that wisdom that you've gained and get control of your mind and your thoughts, you, you like, you become like a superpower or something, you know, like you just have all this power and you're getting control of it and you're learning to finesse it. And it's just becoming this beautiful thing. And now you're, you're off the hamster wheel. Yes. You're going through life in the present moment every single day, you know, and people are like, well, what's, what's with this person? You know, I see a glow around you or something, you know, but, um, it, it's all in the mind and the thoughts, man. I've definitely concluded that of everything that I've studied for so many years and everything is like what's happening up top, what's happening in the mind and what's happening in the thoughts, right. you know, account for almost everything. Right. And I think, thought like when when you're when you were talking about thoughts and like like patterns and trying to understand that in my opinion you cannot control a thought just like if you could control a thought then like i i just i think a thought comes to you I don't think you create it because like I have thinking sessions all the time. I, and the reason I do this is like, if I feel a certain way, I will think until I understand why I feel a certain way. It's, that's how like meditation works as well. I'll meditate until I figure out the root problem of why do I feel the way I feel? And if you haven't solved your inner kid problems, those stick with you. So you have to work on yourself big time. Then you can check yeah, in. Ouch. Yeah, you can check in and uh, eventually be like, oh, I had a bad day because, like, you know, so-and-so said something and I took it personally. So... Like, yeah, those dreaded kid problems, like the, yep. you said, the uh, inner child problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> those are coming for a lot. I had to do. I had to. I had to figure that out, and I had to surrender. It's all about surrender. And once you surrender, you kind of understand that the that we are the interpreters. We are here to experience. So. I feel like kind of like I understand the nihilists like that. I understand that. But like, I feel like we can't change. We can't control who we are, but we can like 
go, we can like change our perspective. So like I could move out of Toledo into somewhere else and change the perspective and feel a different way. But why am I moving? Like, like, do I feel like it's a better place? That's your, your, whatever is haunting you is going to come with you. Exactly. So what are you running away from? So at the same time, I'm all about experiences like going to the art gallery, doing something I've never done before, uh, a wine tasting. Um, that's the main reason why I like to do this podcast. I like to hear things that I never heard before, and it changes my whole perspective. And by changing my environment or changing my experiences... I experience new experiences, which makes me grow and look at life at a different way. That that's that to me is living instead of being in that monotonous loop. Yeah, that, that loop is painful, and it is painful. <laughs> yeah, and we we're going to fall into that trap again if you don't catch yourself because it, it happens. It's easy. Very. But how are you supposed to understand that you're in it if you don't know you're in it? <laughs> That's the problem. That, that, that reminds me of, that, that reminds me of like, uh, when Morpheus asked me, he's like, well, how would you have known if it's, if it's a dream no, he said, if you didn't wake up, how would you have ever known you were dreaming in the yeah. first place? You know, that kind of reminds me of that. And that's what people walking around are. There's that's a real life zombie. Mm-hmm. The so, Walking Dead. Yeah. So when uh, tonight I uh, wrote out because. I was just thinking about this episode and I wanted to write, I like if something, if I have a thought, I like to write it out. And then like really the reason I like writing is because I can, it take time to write a word and then like, it feels like I can really mold what I want to say because a lot of times, okay. a lot of times when I talk, it's like, I don't get everything out that I wanted to say. Right. And sometimes I just like when I have a conversation, what I'm saying is not what I'm saying. It's what we're saying. And I could never have said that if it was just me talking on the podcast. So it's like we created okay. this. We created this just conversation that just never would have happened by ourselves. Right. So I wrote this out and I don't know. It's just I like to change my perspective as much as possible. And this is my latest perspective so i'm going to read that now your okay. your purpose and vision is something bigger than you it is something you serve it is your legacy it lives on after you are stardust if something doesn't complement your purpose or vision then it's a distraction leading you into chasing chemical reactions caused inside your body by these distracting emotions. If someone doesn't complement your purpose and vision, 
then they are a distraction and will deter you away. And you will fall under their spell as a puppet. You should not put your significant other first in a relationship. This means that you put them on a pedestal. You are giving them the power and you are submitting to their dominance. This sets you up to live in their world, their false purpose and vision. They feed on you while you bend over backwards to please them, so they will accept you. How do you find your purpose and vision? Purpose is the fuel, vision is the destination, and you are the car. Where do you see yourself going? What fuels you to get there? Picture, picture yourself 10 years into the future. What do you see? Is it something depressing? Is it the numbing, monotonous state you are in right now? And you are working, making sure your household survives, watching television, where you watch other people's lives so you can escape your boring life. Go to bed, then repeat. Or maybe you see something that you've always wanted to do, but you think is silly because you'll fail at it. Would you rather fail or be scared of life that you never even attempt to try to pursue the thoughts in your dreams? Do you want to be alive or do you just want to exist? What's the point of living if you're just waiting to die? So I felt like I had to write that out. Uh, you wrote that out today? Yeah. Man, I really like that. I really like that. Uh, there's so many parts that, that uh, jumped out to me at one time as you're reading it. It's like it was, it's like a, being in a classroom with a bunch of kids and you're saying something, they're all raising their hand at one time. Because <laughs> um, uh, each part, you know, kind of spoke to me. And, um, you know, uh, some of it I felt like I, I needed to hear. So I thank you for uh, sharing that. You know, um, I definitely needed to hear some of that. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, man, like, and like knowing that that's for you and knowing that that is for someone else and you kind of like meet someone and like you compliment each other's vision and purpose and life, like that's excellent. It is. It's a real treat. That's very rare. Yeah, that's, that's why I say it's a treat, because it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if you hear of too many people that, that meets that, that person that, that really compliments them and they compliment each other. I don't know if you really meet that kind of, right. uh, hear, at least hear about people really coming across that, that, that soulmate or whatever you want to call it. You could build that, though. That's a possibility. Like, finding that, yeah, that's probably where it's rare, but building it, that's the work. So I feel like that's a, a possibility. That's if you both wake up, you know what I mean? Yeah. It it takes a lot of patience. Yeah. It takes a lot of patience because if it's, if you and that person aren't that for each other yet, the media thing to say is, well, this isn't, obviously we don't, we're not on the same page. This may not be the person for me. 
Right. I may not be the person for them. That is like the quickest option right there. Yes. But in that patience, when you stop and you breathe for a minute, you say, wait a minute, you know, this is, this may still be pretty new, you know, or, or we still have a lot of growing. Since I've been in a relationship I'm in now, um, it's almost been a year and I've learned so much about myself. It's, it's insane. And I've had to go back and, and change a lot of my perspectives that, that I've seen were like, didn't work anymore. And I've had a lot of, a big thing in relationship is, um, what is it? Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, expectations. Mm, yeah. Expectations are huge. You know, and you have all these expectations and it doesn't start to go that way. You know, that's when it, the friction starts. But learning again, we go with that flow word again, learning to get in the flow, you know, of that other person and as well as yourself, you know, is huge. And that's when you start to see that patience is a virtue because, you know, wait a minute, I still got stuff I need to work on. This oh, person, yeah. obviously, and we're actually growing together, you know, and you see that and you, that's when you, I think, like you said, I think that's when you start to build into that as you and that person get to know each other. But, having that patience to, to accept and deal with how you are now, you know, know your significant other that you have right now may not be the exact one you wanted or had in mind, but maybe next year start to look that way. If you take that patience, you know, and help and, and grow as, as, uh, together now, you know, so I learned a lot of patience. I learned to drop a lot of expectations. Um, and, and you enjoy the relationship more, you know, and you remember, wait a minute, this is a whole other, this, this is a person too. Yeah. Just like me, you know, even if they're not into the conscious things that you're into or whatnot, they're mm-hmm. still a person that's having a conscious experience on earth. So still the same thing, you know, and you just respect that, you know, and you grow and that person will get to know you, you'll get to know that person. And um, maybe you will build into that where you both click with each other and you are both complement that vision that you yeah. were talking about. Exactly. Be- beautiful thing. Yeah, like you should have a purpose and vision in life or you're just throwing darts in the dark blindfolded. Like you don't know where you're going. But if you kind of, if you could see the dartboard and you you can see where you want to hit, you want to hit that bullseye, then you have this destination that you kind of want to go. You're not going to go to exact, like when you throw a dart, at least me, because I'm not no world champion or anything, but it's usually not exactly where you tend it to throw pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. So that's how life is. Like, if you look, if you connect the dots, it's like, oh, I got to where I'm at. It's not where I expected, but it's kind of around like what I want to do. It's related to, so it's kind of like that dartboard. I kind of got around that area. So if you can do that with life, and if your partner can do that, you both have a a guess on where you want things to head. Like, this is what I'm doing in my life. You should have something that, like, you're doing in your life. That way we have an understanding. And it's going to complement because, like, 
even if like what I'm doing now, like very creative. And if I'm with someone else, that's not like that should not bother me because I like creating. I shouldn't expect, like you said, expectations. Like how can I expect another person to do what I do when they're not me? Right. Like I learned to let go on that big time, like work ethic and like being on time and like just putting in the hours, like countless hours. I can't expect that from people because that's me doing that. Mm-hmm. Just like they can't expect me to do what they do. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Excellent. excellent. Yeah, excellent thing. And you become more compassionate from that way, too. Yeah. You know, and, and like I say, you realize, like when you said, um, you're not expecting them to do what you do. They're not you. Yeah. You become more compassionate, you know, and you become more open to, to actually uh, understanding their world and not just trying to change it into what you think they should be. But you kind of, you, you become an, another observer, you know, and you, yeah. you become more interested into what they're all about and what their world is and why they do the things they do. You just become interested in them as a person. Right. Instead of since we're in a relationship, I want them to be like this, you yep, know, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something you enjoy that person for who they are a lot more. Yeah. Like, do you think uh, people in general, when they get into relationships and they leave because they, that person isn't who they thought, like I didn't, I left this person because they were someone they like that. I, there was someone that I didn't think they were like, I thought they changed or I thought it'd be, it'd be a certain way or they, they just don't understand me because I like to like to create and they just don't know anything about it. So I keep leaving. It's like, like that expectation. I can't expect them to do what I do because they're not me. So am I running around looking for me? Is that why I keep leaving, (laughs) leaving people? So I'm trying to find myself in another person. So when mm-hmm. I when I when I do find myself and know that that person is another person, it's not me. Like it makes me look at relationships way different now. I feel like wow. every everyone's trying to find themselves. I feel like and they're mm-hmm. doing it in a relationship. They're like when they need to look within, not for the other person. They call it your Man, be- your, uh, your better half, they call it. But like, no, you're both whole. You're two whole beings. You're not one. Man, I sincerely hope a lot of people hear that line you just said when you said, I think a lot of people are looking for themselves in relationships. Uh, my um, hope and prayer for tonight is that uh, a lot of people hear you say that, hear <laughs> that line, because, man, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, I really couldn't have. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. It even makes you think, it even makes you think when they get upset with people that they're with, and, and it's like you see that person not doing the things that you feel like they should be doing. And that makes you think um, when they say when you, get upset with things and other people. It's a, you, you're getting upset with the things that reflect from you. 
Yes. You know, so if they're not doing a certain thing, you know, and you get upset with that particular thing, is that a reflection of yourself? You know, or is that part of you tied into you looking for yourself again? Only you found a part of yourself <laughs> that you don't find too pleasant. Exactly. You, you think that person is um, being a jerk. It's, it only offends you because it, it, it hit a spot in your life that you are self-conscious about. So maybe they're not the jerk. Maybe you're actually the jerk. You're throwing yourself into them and it's a mirror image of within you. So if you think there's a jerk, they're a jerk. So like when someone says, if someone tries to put me down, it does not offend me like versus 10 years ago because I am very comfortable in my skin. So insecurities, like that's something I worked on big time. Okay. So like someone says that to me, it's not going to bother me because I know who I am. I can actually make fun of it and like, you know, right. So it's like, I don't have to come back and attack them. I can attack myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and like make light of the Mm -hmm. situation. And we both walk away with a laugh. It's like weird right? instead of a fight. Yeah. You know, which we need more of, but you know, like everybody's super sensitive now. Yeah. You know, and that's part of, you know, that goes back to our, you know, we're talking about earlier, you know, it's a technology thing and social media, you know, especially with social media being such a, I think, you know, it's about, you know, a selfie, so it's like a selfie, you know, all the pictures and things, everybody's getting their slice of the spotlight, so everybody's yeah. super conscious of themselves now, making everybody so, so, uh, super sensitive, you know, so to get past that is, you know, I, my ass off can get past that part and stuff, and I'm so sensitive and learn to laugh at things a little bit more, you know, because we're all flawed at the end of the day, we're all flawed, oh, yeah. you know, there's no way around that, we will always be for, you know, rest of our life, you know, so there's nobody perfect. So, you know, there, there is that thing of laughing at, at, at our shortcomings and laughing about our, you know, uh, our uh, imperfections a little bit more because, I mean, it is funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, it it, it, it really is. You know, like like myself, for example, I was like, uh, I had to be every bit of five, six or seven years old. I can't even remember what I was doing. I somehow, around those ages, I somehow dislocated my elbow. Okay. And I don't remember it happening. I don't recall a painful time when my left elbow was really hurting. I I, I don't recall it. Um, But I somehow dislocated my my left elbow as a young, young kid. And to this day, it's still dislocated. It feels like my elbow is literally sticking, poking out of my skin. It's like, if you could see it, you'd be like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, because my elbow is literally dislocated in my arm right now. And it has been since I was like six or seven or maybe even five. And it healed that way. When my grandma finally found it, when she finally found it like that, um, took me to the doctor and they're like, hey, you know, we can do about it now. You know, it healed like that, you know. Wow. So, and ironically, I ended up injuring the same arm again and had surgery on it, but they still didn't 
reload. They still didn't put the elbow back in place. So, right. you know, uh, for a while, I was pretty self-conscious about that. Right, you right, know, right. Because it looks deformed, you know. It looks crazy, you yeah. know. I became really self-conscious about that for a while. But now, I mean, I think about it. I laugh about it. Like, what the hell? Like, my elbow is, like, sticking on my arm. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's an imperfection. It's screaming imperfection. I right. mean, it's screaming, like, look at me. I'm dislocated, you mm-hmm. know. I'm protruding out the arm, you know, so you laugh at those kind of things, you know, and yeah, and that's you learn to not take this life so seriously so all yeah. the time. Yeah. That's what makes comedians so great. They can laugh at themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, you have a great, like, that's a great story. You can tell someone mm-hmm. that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you can tell someone that, and it's a great, and it, like, that is something that would, make someone's day like if i'm at work or yeah. like you know i'm here like you got something to say like that like that's awesome yeah so like those imperfections is what it, it turns around to be like great experiences and stories and like you can people like create movies on this kind of stuff like on imperfections mm-hmm. like it's the the core wound of the protagonist. Like that's what, yeah. what gets them. You know, that's what makes them. So what what we like is seeing a protagonist have flaws. That's what makes them exactly. so likable. So like, it's the life is the same exact way. That's what makes people so likable. If we were all perfect, then they would be like Wally or something. It'd be boring. It'd be so boring you know it'd be so boring like like you know back in 2008 2009 you know like that's what really started to turn uh and it's gonna be a funny example but uh, that's what really started to turn the opinion of uh john cena away from a lot of fans especially a lot of older fans because he, he became super cena you know, and he beat every challenger, you know. He, I mean, the guy almost kept his title a year, you know, or something yeah. like that. And he just took down every big challenge and he became super Cena. And people really got bored. Like, okay, oh, yeah. here's John. We know he may take, we may know he may lose a match or two. But when it comes out to the big title match, you know, and he's going to bury this this character he's fighting. And who, who then they will really like the character that he's fighting, you know. Super interesting, you know. So, and he became kind of perfect in a sense. You know, like you said, right. nobody wants a perfect protagonist. You know, you, we we like protagonists that we can relate to. That that that. And I just watched a YouTube video about this about characters, um, and because the same thing applies to antagonists. Oh yeah. And they talk about the difference when when people really the best antagonists are the ones who you can in a weird way relate to. You know, they may yeah. do crazy things. They may have. Yeah, compassion. But if it's an antagonist, yeah. yeah. But if they like have. You know, you find out at one point in the story why they do the things you do, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, damn, that's, <laughs> like, I kind of understand why he's doing the way he's doing. He's just yeah. angry, yeah. you know, or you see why he's angry, you know, why he's doing the way he's doing versus an antagonist that's just a jerk for no reason, and he's <laughs> just more like a something that the antagonist needs to get by, you know, but an antagonist that's like has a real meaning to him and something you can even relate with. He, that character just became more powerful yeah uh, impactful i should say you know and, and the same thing with antagonists so with people as well you know like we're saying you know we all just 
laugh at our imperfections. You mentioned comedians, you know, those are the ones we love. Those ones that talk about their own story. Yeah. Everybody loved and fell in love with Richard Pryor when he told the oh, story, yeah. when he set his damn self on fire smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he told that story, that like made him into a superstar. You know, people just really love to hear his stories, you know, and oh, we yeah. see it still in, 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 in comedians today. You know, they, they're rich and they're famous or whatnot, but damn, when they tell us stories, you, we relate. We seem like we're all people for the moment, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, it makes the experience you know, so much of being human, so much better when we all re- when we all remember we're all in this thing together, and yes. we're all trying to figure it out. Whatever we do, we make mistakes, we mess up. You know, sometimes we do, sometimes we wrong each other. You know, but you know, we're all just trying to figure this thing out as we go along. We're just trying to stay alive. We're just trying to have a good time, and um, we're a mess. We're a beautiful. We're a beautiful mess. <laughs> yeah. In the end, everyone's really trying to do what they think is right. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're doing the worst things possible, like, you're still trying to do what's right. You're just kind of, you're, lo- you're giving in or you're letting something else consume you. It's not like you, like, want to do it, I don't think. It's like, if you had the choice, you'd be like, I, you know wish I didn't do that but they tr- I think everyone's here is trying to do what's right just the consume word you use is a was a great way to put it and let something else consume you yeah I definitely agree with that I think like there's there's a a saying it's uh I think it's a like it's like a native Native American story that we all have this battle inside. I have the same battle in me as you have the same battle in you. There's two wolves inside. One wolf feeds on happiness, joy, gratitude, content, compassion, and then the other wolf feeds on anger, greed, jealousy, negativity. And this is a father talking to a son. And okay. the son says, well, how do you know which wolf wins? And the dad says, whatever wolf you feed. So whatever you feed is what's going to consume you. Absolutely. It's just like you have to figure out how to feed that. And that for me, that's diving into new experiences, going to where I would like to go. And that's what's going to change my genetic makeup. I can't just really do it you know, out of thin air, I have to experience it. So if I experience Mm -hmm. negative aspects, like people that are um, being super pessimistic, complaining all the time, if I hear that all the time, all of a sudden I'm going to think that all the time. Then that's me. I just became them. 
because I let them consume me. Because yeah. because show I let, me a friend, I'll show you a future. Yep. Because I chose to be around that. And that could be that's could be any negative situation. So that's how I feel like in my life I want to be around things that I would like to consume. Every day. You know, whether it's people, videos or whatever, but yeah, that's making making your environment that. Yep. You can't get away from the neg- negativity. We're going to be depressed. But understanding that you are depressed is key. Instead of instead of being the depression, understand that depression is not you. That's to me is what helps. Like, yeah, I'm feeling mm-hmm. I'm feeling depressed today. I I'm going to feel it. I'm going to understand that I'm depressed, but that it's, I'm not going to let it consume me. It's not who I am. It's just how I feel right now. Right. But that's a whole other podcast right there. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. But it is a great point you bring up though, to to step out of that and and not, you know, realize that 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 isn't true. You're right. That is a whole another one, but um great point nonetheless. <laughs> um is there anything you would like to uh promote or plug? Um actually not at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things in development, but um nothing ready nothing ready to to be out yet. All right, all right. Uh, would you like, uh, is there any place you would like the listeners to check out or follow you? Um, my Facebook is always a good, a great place, a great place to, to, it's just under my name, just Justin James, okay. uh, spelled J-U-S-T-O-N, but, uh, James, um, I'm always giving my thoughts on there or, or advice. Any advice I give on my Facebook post, which you may see a lot of, it's stuff that I've just used on myself, you know, and when I, when it works for me, I, I feel like it's a good thing to put out there because it may work for somebody else. So there's always a lot of things on there about the mind, about thoughts, about life, about just uh, having a good day, you know, so I'm always, always welcome to people um, following me on there. I am, however, begun writing different articles on medium.com. Okay, so I'll cool. be putting those out on my Facebook too. I'll be sharing links to those uh, awesome. here soon. I've, I've, you know, got about seven articles out there already. Oh wow! I just haven't really shared them. Yeah, I just haven't really shared them out. Um, I have fun with that one too. Um, I, I did a lot about um, you know existentialism and, and existence and life, but I also do um, some sports on there. I also write about MMA and uh, UFC, so I have I have some fun on that one too. But um. I'm gonna start sharing them on on through my Facebook as awesome. well. Too. Yeah, I'll definitely look forward to that. I'll I'll definitely read those, and I enjoy your po- okay, your posts that you make. It's like, like you said, you never know if you don't put it out there, no one's gonna hear it, and the right person might hear it, and it might change their day. It might answer something that they they have a question to. Exactly. 
one of the great things about the internet, that instant sharing right there, that that could really help somebody just going on their Facebook and seeing that. So that's one of the great upsides to, you know, social media. And if there's like, for someone that is listening and you had the opportunity to share with them something you feel is important in life, like as of right now, something that is something that you live by, like perhaps your, your purpose. And you could sit down with the listener and tell them like, just like something that's key to live by in life. What would you tell? Key to live by. Yeah. Um, I would I, I tell that person that you can't control life. You can't control existence, but you control yourself. You know, so if it's anything you want to work on in life, if, if, if there's anything you want to change in life, uh, let it be yourself. Awesome. Let it be yourself. Um, you know, like Michael Jackson said, man in the mirror.